Welcome to Binge or Purge Streaming Reviews. I am your host, Demo. My co-host is Joe Taylor. This is episode 32. 32, man. That was an important year for me. Really? Yeah, it was a good year. A lot of good things started happening. What, 1932? Yeah. Oh, you mean when you turned 32? Yeah, back in the 80s. Okay. Um, Well, because just before we get into it, 32 is like my lucky, unlucky number. It's Why is either, that? I have no idea, but the the number haunts me. If you know me, you're like, uh-oh, 32, Demo, careful. So this episode could make or break us. So it's either lucky or unlucky? Yeah, like I always play it in the lottery, but I always make sure I don't sit in like seat 32 on a plane. I I would argue that if it's both lucky and unlucky, that it's just the number. It's a complete total psychosis. I okay. have no rationale behind it. It's just complete lunacy. No, but thirty-two. Here we are. That here we go. All right? All right. A lot of stuff. Now I have some questions for you because yeah, we've been at this for seven months now, mm-hmm. and when we started out, we were very clear that we review streaming content. Original streaming content. Yep. Including Netflix original movies, mm-hmm. including Amazon original movies. Yeah. Now, here's the problem. Seven months have gone by and the world has changed, especially if you live in L.A. Everything that Netflix and Amazon make shows up at the arc light for two weeks so they can be eligible for an Oscar. So, right. Well, also, this is the award season push. So right now you're going to see a lot more of this material hitting the screens because they want to get... You know, they want to be awards contenders. So it makes sense at this time of the year, you're getting more of this. Yeah, but it's getting very confusing because, you know, Netflix comes out with an original movie, but you can't watch it unless you go to the theater until December 15th or whatever. So it, it we're going to stick, I think, with what we've been doing, especially when it comes to series, because that's really kind of the heart and soul of this thing is the streaming series. But, you know, I have some other questions for you because... Where does Arrested Development fall, for example? Had three seasons on Fox, then did two seasons on Netflix. Is that a Netflix original series? If it's been picked up by Netflix to complete more episodes, you can go for it. Okay. I'm like the Supreme Court right here. I'm just like, yes, I I rule. You may review it if it had additional episodes that were streaming only on a streaming service. No, I concur because it's a thoughtful answer. Now, what about... Something like Great News, which was a cable ratings disaster, network ratings disaster. Actually, I think it was on NBC. Yes. Now has a cult life on uh, Amazon. Might get, might come back. If it comes back, you can review it. But if it's just original episodes that were on NBC and that's it, you can't review it. Okay. What about Community? Picked up by Yahoo TV, which was quickly killed. Yeah, you can review that season. Only the one? Okay, all right. Yeah, that's the buy. That's the stipulation I'm making right now. Okay, fair enough. My point is it's getting very chaotic out here, and we're trying to keep it straight and review streaming stuff. And, you know, there might be some caveats, but... Oh, there's some caveats. Yeah. All these features. Okay, for example. For example, my first review out of the gate is Netflix's big prestigious movie for awards season. They've been, you know, talking about it all year. 
It's Martin Scorsese's The Irishman. Yeah. I have seen it. Gangster movie. Sort of. Don't start in my review. Let me tell you what it is. Mobster movie. Yeah. Okay. Can you let me do this? All right. I'm not even to the what it's about yet. I'm saying how I saw it in the theater because I wanted to get a jump on the review. So when this comes out, you can instantly stream it. Okay. So I think it comes out right around when we're going to release this podcast, this episode. I saw it in the theater a week ago. People are like, you got, you should see it in the theater. Okay, now this is exactly what we were talking about. It's Netflix getting it out there so they can be awards contenders because in the theater, but knowing most audiences are going to see it on Netflix. Okay, so the, the theater, uh, theatrical release was just for awards purposes only. Yeah, and it was hardly playing in any theaters in LA because AMC and uh, I think Cinemark and all the big chains, they refused to play these movies. The streaming studio movies or whatever. Yes, anything like Netflix makes, the big chains are not playing it. So it was playing, you know, independent theaters, not a lot of venues to see it in. So we would go, and a lot of times, as for you, you said you went to try and see it, and what? So I went to see it last Sunday with a couple of buddies, and uh, it was sold out. Mm -hmm. We didn't buy tickets in advance because I didn't think we were going to have to. It was at the Egyptian in Hollywood. Not only was it sold out, there were about 40 people in the uh, standby line. I'm going to let you in on a little secret. Those 40 people in the standby line were the lucky ones. <laughs> okay. Now, before... Let, yeah. I know where you're yeah, going. Uh-huh. Real quick, uh, it's three and a half hours long, right? Yeah. Now okay. I, Can no, I... Hold yeah. on. No, hold on. Three hours and 29 minutes to be exact. Okay. And oh boy, do you feel it. Okay. I'm letting you know right now... I don't think I could sit through this movie at home because as I'm watching it in the theater, I, I'm like, I'm like, I just wish I could press pause to see how much time is left. But if I did see how much time was left, I'd want to kill myself because I'd be like, I've got another hour and a half of this. I just want to say, I love Martin Scorsese for the most part. Goodfellas is in my top five all-time favorite movies. I have seen Goodfellas more times than I have eaten breakfast. Hmm. Okay? I will never watch this movie again. Well, three and a half hours is a long time. This movie does not warrant a three and a half hour running time. If they had done two and a half hours, I'd say, okay, because the first two hours of this movie are pretty good. It's a pretty interesting movie. And the performances are good. Before we go any further, who's in it? Hold on. Everyone knows who's in it. De Niro, Joe Pesci, Al Pacino, Ray Romano. Those are your big ones. Yeah. Okay, Anna Paquin's in it, sort of. Like, she has screen time, but has like five words or something. It's it, She's like a, an afterthought of a character. Mm. It's about Frank Sheeran, who was the muscle, kind of like a hitman for the mob. This based on a true story? Yes. Okay. I didn't know that. And eventually he becomes like the right hand man bodyguard, if you will, for Jimmy Hoffa, who's played by Al Pacino. Mm. And the performances in this are top notch, no doubt. But I got to tell you, man, when they got to Jimmy Hoffa, I didn't care. The whole movie's about Jimmy Hoffa and I don't care, man. I've already seen an entire movie about Jimmy Hoffa back in 1992 that Danny DeVito directed where Jack Nicholson played Jimmy Hoffa. It was called Hoffa. Hoffa. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. Amazing. And that was enough 
even then I was like, do I even really care about Jimmy Hoffa? Not really. That was a slog to sit through. This is worse because it's three and a half hours. And you it's feel like, it, it's like man. two Godfather movies in a row. It's ridiculous. I looked up comparison-wise. It's 15 minutes longer than Titanic and a half an hour shorter than Gone with the Wind. Wait, so hold on. Titanic was three hours and 15 minutes? Yeah. Wow. See, it didn't seem like it. Right? I guess that's your point. That's my point. And I saw this with my best friend. We see we try to see everything Scorsese makes. We loved Wolf of Wall Street. I think Scorsese is still a vital director. I'm not saying like, oh, he's lost it. But I think like there's an arrogance in this cut. Like, I can make anything as long as I want. And man, and, and he's got Steve Zalian writing it, who loves to write these epic tomes of just like these screenplays that are just like giant paperweights. <laughs> I'm so, I'm sorry. I'm so, and I, wow. look at there's a, there is a lot of great things going on in the first hour and a half when it's about De Niro being a hitman and how he works and operates and dealing with the mafia. But then once it gets into Hoffa territory with the Teamsters, it just becomes all about that. And I don't care. Also, spoiler alert: you know Jimmy Hoffa's gonna die, right? Well, he's missing. He's missing. What? Yeah. Did he ever come back? Is there? What, come on. He's gone. Him and Tupac could be hanging out for they, all we know. Right. Congratulations. Now, one of the other big things about this was the CGI work to de-age the actors. I don't like, like that one bit. It works and it doesn't work. You look at it and you're like, ah, it's kind of strange, but then your eyes adjust to a little bit and you sort of forget about it. And I think it kind of works for the most part for the face. But this is still an old actor with the physicality of his age. De Niro, whether likes it or not, can't pretend to be 39 or 40. His body can't do that anymore. So while you can make the face look young, the body movements on these actors don't match. Remember how they de-aged Marlon Brando in The Godfather? What? They, they didn't de-age Brando no, no. in The Godfather. They did. You know You know how they did it? They cast De Niro well, yeah. as okay. a young... Okay, all right. You know? Yeah, yeah, this yeah. This is practical right. practical effects. And you're, what you're talking about sounds like Benjamin Button. Look, everyone's going to try and watch this, right? And and I don't want to like say it, it's worth your time, I guess, the first two hours, maybe. But that last hour and a half is a slog that really you're like, cut. Cut, 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 get back in the editing room, wrap it up, and, you know, make this into something where I don't hate myself watching it. Okay. I'm going to watch it, but I'm glad I didn't, quote unquote, get to see it in the theater. I'm glad I can pause it and go have some chicken strips and come back and watch another 40 minutes and then, you know, watch the rest of it the next day. This is going to be an interesting thing to me if you even finish it. Okay. (laughs) Well, we'll see because I'm going to try and watch it next week. Okay. I hope you do. I hope you do. Uh, in closing, I'll just say this. This Thanksgiving, if the tryptophan doesn't put you to sleep, the last hour of the Irishman will purge. <laughs> How long have you been sitting on that? I said, good. <laughs> as I walked out of the theater, I was like, I got one. I'm going to, I know oh, how to, you know, tryptophan. You know, tryptophan. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, right. how, many, how many movies does Scorsese made? It's only like 10, right? Oh, he makes a lot. He he's a prolific guy. Prolific, yes. But this is my uh, pretense to you, is that he's about as hit or miss as M. Night Shyamalan. 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 We're going to get the pronunciation of Shyamalan right on this podcast, damn it. I don't care if we do or not. Okay. But he oh, Scorsese some... is completely hit or miss. I will say this. 
there are more Scorsese movies I don't like than do. Goodfellas, top five all-time favorite movies, man. I love that movie. Yeah. I mean, I think it's an absolute classic. And he's made some other great, great films. But he's also made a lot of crap. Have you ever seen After Dark? After Hours. Thank, thank you. Yeah. Very popular. Griffin Dunn. That's one of his better movies, mm-hmm. I think. And he's yeah. put out some stuff since then. Under, that... under, he's made a lot of underrated movies. Like We could go off on Scorsese for an hours yeah. here. But he's a hit or miss director. Okay, so this thing's going to come out on Netflix and you're saying skip it. Yeah, man. I mean, it is a time suck. Okay. People think that we prepare a lot of this. We did not discuss this until just now. No. I'm, su- I'm surprised that uh, that you said purge on this. I got to go with how I feel, man. Okay. I-, I would say maybe binge the first two hours and then get out. <laughs> All right. But I get, but overall, overall, you know, it's a purge. I watched the whole thing because I was at the theater and I paid for it. I don't think I could get through it if I was watching it at home. Okay, well, there you have it, folks. That's an early review of The Irishman. Um, when you hear this, it'll be coming out today or tomorrow. So uh, decide for yourself if you're going to watch it on Netflix. Demo says, don't waste your time. Okay, now I have something. So let me give you a little background here. Mm-hmm. I go out and I do stand-up comedy. They usually will not have me in L.A., so I have to go out to uh, suburbs like Temecula, Apple Valley, Hemet. All these like remote Victorville. Locations. Oh yeah, oh Victorville. I do the green tree about every three months. <laughs> I love Victorville. So on the way out to those places and on the way to Las Vegas, you drive through towns like Pear Blossom. Now I go out with this guy named um, Toby Hicks, who's a mm-hmm. really funny guy. He uh, features for Felipe Esparza all over the country. He's great. He takes me out with him when he headlines, and I go out and I feature for him. Now I always tell him. When we're driving through these places, I'm like, Toby, who are these people? It really like it really frustrates me and it makes me very upset because it's like, why are you living four hours from L.A., eight hours from Las Vegas? There's not an airport within a day and a half drive from here. Who are these people? What are they hiding? Why have they chosen to live in the middle of nowhere? Yeah. Now, I understand if like, well, I'm a truck driver. Okay, fine. You bought a you bought a three bedroom house for 40 grand and you live in the desert. I get it, but you don't see a lot of like long haul trucks out there. It's just very confusing. So I watched this documentary called Rocket Man while I was looking for the movie Rocket Man with Taron Edgerton, the Elton John story. Mm -hmm. I instead watched a documentary called Rocket Man, Mad Mike's mission to prove the flat earth. It's a flat earther doc. Yeah. Oh, wonderful. (laughs) Guess where this guy lives. Guess where he lives. Apple Valley? Somewhere out there, yeah. Okay. So the whole thing is uh, he was a stuntman turned limo driver. Okay, so he drives limos in Apple Valley. His mm-hmm. limo got repossessed. It's it's really hard to describe. It's like if you live in L.A. or any city with like more than four stoplights, you're going to watch this and be like, this is fake. It is not fake. I've driven through these towns and stopped for gas at these places, and people think it's 1946. And so that's this guy. Now, his hobby is building rockets for him to get into and launch himself into the air. Now, did you ever build, like, those little, like, Estes uh, rockets? I built one of those rockets in Boy Scouts. Cub Scouts. Okay. You know, so, wee, and then a little parachute. Oh, yeah. actually, I did it also in grade school. I did it twice. Okay. Yeah, me, me yeah, too. I'm a regular astronaut. Yeah. 
Well, imagine building one a hundred times that size and getting in it. I That's would what not he get does. in any of the rockets I ever built. Well, this is what uh, he does. You know, the whole thing is a publicity stunt because he's trying to crowdfund $2 million to actually go to outer space. He knows that this rocket's not going to get him to outer space. He's right. Not, he's, not, he's not like uh, mentally ill, but he is very strange. And he says, if he I sounds could, like Evil Knievel. He like is he, like Evil Knievel, but a flat earther. <laughs> and he's like, if I can do enough stunts launching myself in a rocket, then I can raise $2 million, go to actual outer space, and I'll know for sure that the Earth is flat. So, I can tell him right now, it's not. I, the end. Well, I know, I know, you're trying to get through these flat Earthers, but... I, uh, I, I tend to agree with you. Yeah, you should, you should more than tend to, okay? <laughs> so, the, but the thing about this documentary is you're like... Um, it's a little bit like, did you, did you see the uh, Florida Project with William Defoe, that Sean Baker movie? I did not, but that's where they work by uh, Disney World, right? And it's like the tourists yeah. that come in to go to Disney World. Yeah, and a um, you know some uh, self-respecting person might watch that and be like, this isn't real. And it's like, yeah, that is like a lot of people are like that. It's out there all over the place. It's and more common than not. Yeah, it is. This is a really interesting, honest picture of this guy and his flaws and his ambition and his limitations. <laughs> I started watching it thinking I was not going to finish it. I was like waiting. I might, might have been waiting for you to get it or something. It was a few weeks ago. And uh, I thought, I'm not going to watch this whole thing. Loved it. It was, it was so interesting. If you're interested in uh, the stories of people who are very different from you, this is a great thing to watch because it's a very honest look at this guy and it opens your eyes to like, Hey, this is who we're sharing this, uh, flat earth with this. Flat, I was just going to say either flat or round earth. with. <laughs> These are your neighbors, man. And uh, it'd be good to see what they think of stuff. What's this on? This is on Amazon prime. I imagine it went straight there. I'm sure. Cause it was probably made for about 800 bucks. Uh, rocket man, mad Mike's mission to prove the flat earth. How long are we talking here? Uh, hour and twenty five minutes. Oh, lovely, lovely. It's it's a fun watch, man. It's it's really goofy, and uh, it's a it's definitely a rare gem, and that's what we're here for, right? Yeah. Okay. For sure. Thank you. I there might you actually. Uh, I'm not going to watch it, but I'll pretend. I'm going to say right now, Joe. I'm going to watch that, and letting you know I'm not. But if you put it on while you're cleaning your apartment or something, you might end up finishing it on accident. Okay. Cool. All right. All right. Last week. We reviewed our first Disney Plus show, The Mandalorian. Now, we're not going to get into that again, even though I could, but we're not. This week, we're going to review our first Apple TV Plus show. Dun-da-da! No? No fanfare? You're, oh, sorry. Really? Don't do that. That Don't stop. Okay. Fanfare aside, <laughs> Okay. it is The Morning Show. Their big, you know, out-of-the-gate production starring Jennifer Aniston... Reese Witherspoon, Steve Carell, Billy Crudup, and your favorite, who you, I believe, like to pleasure yourself to, mm-hmm. Mark Duplass. Yeah. Right? You, I know you want to get in a threesome with the Duplass brothers. Yeah. Right? No? Isn't that your thing? <laughs> I'm not arguing with you. I know you're not arguing because I'm right. I met Mark. He's a really cool guy. Congratulations. Thank you. Go on. Well, have you, did you watch this as well? 
Yeah, I've seen every episode. You've seen every episode. We've both seen every episode. There's 10 episodes. Right now, we just watched episode six. That's what's available. The first three were released originally at the beginning of November. Now they've been released weekly. Uh, Joe, what are you thinking? What do you talk to me about the morning show? So I believe I brought this to your attention originally because it was not getting great reviews, but I watched the first three in like either one night or, you know, one night and the next day. And uh, I texted uh, my sister and I said, I think you'd really like this. She said, I've already seen all three. And Mm -hmm. I mean, it had been out for less than 24 hours. Right. I'm a little bit upset that they released three so you can binge three and then now it's weekly. It's like pick a lane. Right. But I get it. I mean, I'm hooked. I'm paying the four ninety nine a month or whatever. Thank you for that. I absolutely love this show. I think it's one of the best shows on TV right now. It's a total binge for me. I recommend it to everyone. It's really good. I'm enjoying it. I did the whole thing. Well, the first six episodes yesterday, all in one sitting. Boom. Knocked it out. Um, I like it. I don't think it's cutting edge in any way. It's very Sorkin-esque. Explain to the folks at home what you mean by Sorkin-esque. Aaron Sorkin. A lot of dialogue where they're all, you know, walking down hallways, you know, with steady cam shots. A lot of walking talks. A lot of walking talks. And like the dialogue is pretty quick. The banter's fast. Yeah. Right. You've seen all this before, but I think the performances are what really make this watchable. Jennifer Aniston, who can be hit or miss for me, I think she's really good in this. She kind of plays a version of what I think she probably is really like. Possibly. Yeah. Possibly. And Reese Witherspoon is fantastic in this. Yeah. I think she's the real stand. Everyone is good in this. I don't know if it's anything but an ad for iPhone sometimes. Like, a lot of iPhones. <laughs> every, I mean, it's an Apple show, but it's like every computer is a Mac. Every phone is an iPhone. I mean, I can't. Yeah. I think the shock would be if you see an Android phone anywhere in this thing. You'd be like, oh, my God, get it off the set. Who yeah. let this Android phone in here? <laughs> so it's kind of an ad for their own product sometimes. And everybody is on their phone in this thing. Now, you, you, know? Know, you know who created this show by any chance? Am I getting ahead of you? No, no. Get in on it. Jay Carson. Yes. Who left before it really got anywhere? And they had to bring in another showrunner mm-hmm. over creative differences. Also, I wanted to mention it is originally based on a book called Top of the Morning Inside the Cutthroat World of Morning TV. Who's Jay Carson, real quick? You tell me. He was a political consultant on House of Cards. He worked for several high-level uh, political campaigns. Uh, Chuck Schumer, Tom Daschle. He's very much a politician. Okay. A so political what's he, consultant. What's he doing running a show? Well, I think that's why he I left. I think that's why, he, yeah. He, he's yeah. not a showrunner. He's a political consultant. and he, he, didn't, he was a press secretary for uh, Hillary Clinton and stuff. So he's very into that whole world. And I think brought some believability to kind of how these uh, quiet cultures keep to themselves when, mm-hmm. when stuff gets, how people keep things in house, I yeah. guess is one way to and say And this it. whole thing we should mention is like it's a it's a Matt Lauer riff. I don't know if you can say that and us not get sued, but 
It, it might. <laughs> How is it not? The whole thing is about me too and being a sexual predator. The whole premise of the show is based on that. This is not giving anything away. Right out of the gate, Steve Carell been hosting the morning show with Jennifer Aniston for 15 years. Turns out he's been a bad boy. And at the beginning of the ep- episode, he's uh, been dismissed and fired. And that lays the foundation for the rest of the show. How they deal with it. How Reese Witherspoon gets brought in. How Billy Crudup is the uh, entertainment executive for the network that's been brought in to oversee the show. And he's trying to, you know, spice it up. And... Uh, I don't know, man. It's an entertaining show. I Like I said, it's not anything new or cutting edge or, oh my God, but I'm enjoying it for what it is. I absolutely love it. I think it, um, now it got bad reviews for presenting an alternative argument to the Me Too movement. Right. Which was, what, a guy can't hit on someone he works with? Which, I'm not saying that's a great argument, but they bring that up quite a bit. Yeah. And I think the critics were like, no. You know, don't go there. And it's like, well... If you're only basing your review on the first three episodes... uh, I mean, look, we're doing it off of six episodes, and I'm definitely going to finish the ten. Oh, yeah, me too. You know? And and, and not ironically, uh, me too. It gets away from that storyline a little bit, and it starts to become more about Reese Witherspoon uh, kind of maybe pushing out the older uh, Jennifer Aniston. Right, there's like an all-about-Eve vibe to it a little. Yeah, but it's it's amazing. It's definitely yes. Yeah, it's also of, super expensive. This is I, apparently this season cost three hundred million dollars to produce. So thirty million an episode. Well, Aniston and Witherspoon get two million an episode. Wow. So they're getting do the math twenty million each. So there's forty million right there. My guy Duplass probably gets like uh, IMDb credit and meals. <laughs> Copy credit meals provided. Been there. Still there. <laughs> Still there. Exactly. I'll, I'll always be there. Like 125 a day? <laughs> Sign me up, dude. Uh, yeah, it's it's awesome. Billy Crudup is a little bit over the top sometimes, a little bit like uh Yeah, he is. Theater. I, I kind of like him. You know, yeah. it's a fun show. It's a, it's a binge for it's me. It's a binge for me as well. Okay. That is the morning show on Apple TV+. Plus streaming right now the first six episodes 10 total hey if you've got apple tv plus watch it if you don't you know what can i say but i mean i I don't know why you would spend the money and not watch this show this is the reason i got apple tv because it's one of the first four shows they released yep oh and we should mention already picked up for a second season yeah and now there's a handful of more shows coming to apple tv one of which I posted a picture on our Facebook. You can go there, Facebook slash binge or purge. Yeah. And I'll show you the most horrifying movie picture, uh, movie poster I've ever seen in my life. Servant. Yeah. Brought to you by, well, brought to you by. M. Night Shyamalan. Shyamalan. <laughs> Whatever. Let's see if we can get him to call in. We call sure. Absolutely. He's a great interview. Actually, <laughs> a friend of mine, a listener, Hal Hefner, he went to Shyamalan's house and interviewed him. Is Hal Hefner related to Hugh Hefner? No. Oh. Maybe. You know what? I'm going to ask him about that. No need to ask. Hugh Hefner is his sixth cousin. So let's talk about what's coming up, what we're looking forward to. Okay. Now, we're coming down at the end of the year. We're going to do a Christmas type of thing at some point. We've got our HBO-themed show coming at some point. Now, I'd like to mention, not to brag or Mm -hmm. anything, but I get to vote in the Independent Spirit Awards. You do? Yeah. How? 
um, because I've made a feature film and I paid them two hundred dollars. Oh, okay. Now this is not an ad for independent or for uh, Film Independent, which is the organization that puts on the Independent Spirit Awards. But they have a lot of uh, really cool resources. Every third uh, week of the month, they have like a networking get together at their offices, and they have free sandwiches. I think free wine and beer, free free soft drinks. You could eat and drink the two hundred dollars. If you oh. went every month. So it, it's actually a really cool organization. Our colorist from 818 I met through Film Independent. They have labs. They have... Uh, anyway, they put on the Independent Spirit Awards, which last year were hilarious. Audrey Plaza hosted last year. Yeah. I um, saw her test out her jokes at a show two days before she was going to tape it. Oh, yeah? Yeah, she came... It was at the Super Serious Show, which is a show that I love. I go to every month. Anyway, she came in with her writers... And uh, just pulled out the pad and was just like testing all our material. Did you get to interact with her at all? I laughed at her jokes. Oh, okay. That's she, about she it. She seems cool. Like yeah, she her. seems cool. Uh, Ingrid Goes West, one of my favorite indie movies. That Oh. No? Uh, okay. Interesting movie. Interesting performance. I, I, I got mad at that movie. But wow. The, oh, yeah, I okay. know. Okay. We'll I know. discuss that off the air. Okay. All right. So anyway, the nominees are out. And uh, these are the movies for that Independent get... Spirit Awards. Yeah. Okay. Now, now you're a SAG guy. You get all the SAG screeners. Yes. I get the Independent Spirit screeners. There's there's a, a lot little... of crossover, wouldn't you well, think? Well, not a lot. It's not a lot. So one of the documentaries that I said binge and I said was on a silver bullet to the Oscar, American Factory, which I thoroughly enjoyed as well. Yeah. Um, that's if on you, here. Listeners, if you haven't. Uh, seen American Factory, great documentary on Netflix. Definitely yeah. check that out. Apollo 11, which I think went straight to streaming, but is getting a lot of buzz. That's on here. There's some stuff on here, and this goes back to our first conversation when we started the episode. Is Hustlers, that's an independent movie, technically. Anything by A24 and Annapurna and these companies that aren't Warner Brothers or Paramount, I right. guess, are eligible. And they end up on streaming. So how long does something, because we did The Irishman, that was in theaters for three weeks. Hustlers was in theaters for three months. What's, what's the difference? Well, I don't want to see Hustlers. That's the oh, difference. That's, okay, okay, fair enough. <laughs> I'm with you. Well, what about, uh, isn't it Adam Sandler with that Mixed Nuts movie or whatever? What is it? <laughs> yeah, Mixed Nuts. But the American title is Uncut Gems. Uncut Gems. I'm He's sorry. He's a jeweler. Yes, yes. He's not I'm a, sorry. a barkeep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's handing out pretzels. Like, like all, yeah, I'm seeing all these trailers. When I went to see The Irishman, obviously, most of the trailers were for movies that are just going to stream by the time you leave the theater. Right? Yeah. I'm like, why are you even putting a trailer out here? I'm going to go home and it already's there. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Honey Boy, the Mustang, a lot of these came out for a week or two just so they can be eligible. And I'm saying we can review these. Okay. All right. Okay. I'm with you. The court has spoken. There you go. Um, so we're excited to kind of sort through what's uh, indie enough and streaming enough. A lot of the stuff on this list is. And uh, I'll tell you what, I've already locked in my vote for American Factory because I recommended it six months ago, and I've got to stick. Yeah, you got to stick to your guns. Exactly. So there you go. Anything else? No, that's yeah. it. All right, uh, let's, let's go home. Want to do a recap, Joe? Like normal? Okay, mm-hmm. real quick. Demo reviewed The Irishman, which is in theaters now, coming to Netflix. I think on Thursday. Uh, the- By the time you hear this, you can stream it. I say purge. Joe 
reviewed a obscure documentary that you might watch on accident if you're looking for the Elton John movie. It's called Rocket Man. It's about Mad Mike sending himself into space. Fascinating. If you want to know who lives four hours outside of L.A., <laughs> this this I is really a, don't, but... <laughs> Well, I'll tell you I, what, let's keep them four hours outside L.A. I'll tell you what, you drive through those little towns enough times and you're like, I have to, I want to go knock on doors so bad. And be like, <laughs> what? What happened? Uh, and The finally- curious mind <laughs> of Joe Taylor. Yeah. And then lastly, the Apple TV original morning show, Jennifer Aniston, Reese Witherspoon, Steve Carell, Mark Duplass. Billy Crudup. Yeah. Great cast. Great show. Binge for both of us. Yes. And I'm excited to see what else comes from Apple because this is pretty good. We'll talk about some of the other ones later, but I haven't seen anything terrible except for that Jason Momoa thing that we won't even probably get into ever. Yeah, I'm not even coming anywhere near yeah. that. A couple of pretty good things out of the four or five shows that are available, though. So, Cool. Right uh-huh. on. As always, we want to thank Just The Facts. You can follow Just The Facts on Instagram and Twitter at the Jessica Greer. Thanks, Jess. For Joe Taylor, my name is Demo. This has been Binge or Purge Streaming Reviews. Thank you for listening, and happy Thanksgiving. <laughs>